we are rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, special guests in the building. Special guests in the building. She got bars too. Lauren. Lauren, Lauren. Yes. Well, thank you for correcting me. We, we should have <laughs> did that. Did, but I felt like the hype was there, so I'm like, yo, why not? It's nah, let's let's get it right now. Since the hype is still here, go ahead, give me 16 bars right now. Top it, do oh. I can give you uh, I can give you a few. Okay. Oh. Um, stingy stuff. I'm not a rapper, but I can top do it, like, don't. I have. Okay. it's time i find a new crew because i ain't doing what i used to no longer tripping over old dude i let my papu on that paper because he's old news and this time i ain't gonna call him back and it's about time he had to deal with that i asked the father please reveal my enemies he made it clear to see that's all i got <laughs> Holding it down. Lauren. <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, thank you. Yes. All right, I just want to get it right. Let's get it right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it right. We gotta we gotta give her a good beat for that one, honestly. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the best intros we've had so far. Cause sometimes people like really just don't even do it. And sometimes people do it, but like you told that. So we gotta give oh, thank you so much. Thank you. No, that honestly was incredible. That was uh, something else. I was like, oh, I was not expecting that. I was like, oh, shit, this, this is next level right here. No, that was really cool. So, welcome to Music and Mental Health. It has been some time, ladies and gentlemen. It has been some time, but we are here now. And we all keep going. We got to keep going. No matter what, no matter what the journey is, I encourage you all, all of our listeners, all of our people out there, the family, whomever you are, wherever you're from, sending you positive energy. It's been a minute. We're, we're happy to be here. Jacob, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. It's been a minute, but I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be doing it. I honestly missed it. Like, it hasn't been, like, too, too long, you know, but it's been a minute, and I'm happy to be back. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be here today. Amen. Amen. And, Lorraine, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling so good i'm so excited to be just be with you guys uh, this like title and just this conversation is so needed so i'm so ready for it i'm excited oh yeah um pardon my my language are, are you sensitive to to foul language no I, no i am not i think everybody has their own free expression i personally don't use it but i feel like if you Okay. I just didn't want to offend you. I, I will refrain. I have to. I have to edit. No, I. <laughs> my my dialogue because no, it's it's rare that we have women on this podcast. Mainly because I usually bring my friends on, and um, I'm not friends with a lot of uh, women. So, but I, I your profile caught my eye, and I really love the music that you are putting out, and something you. you know uh made me gravitate towards your art form and i really just wanted to find out more about you 
And I thought this was just the best way to do it because you seemed to be a very soulful individual. Can you give us some background on where you're from and how you got into music, please? Yes, thank you so much, by the way, too. Um, I really appreciate that. The fact that, you know, that's graphs from my page alone. That's, um, that's huge, so thank you. Uh, well, I am a pastor's kid. I am, um, grew up in the church, really sheltered. Um, I loved my upbringing. I literally had like a white picket fence. Um, I had a beautiful childhood. Um, had a lot of different struggles within the church, but um, because of my dad's like commitment to God within it all, it kind of pushed me to just like stay committed to it as well. Um, so with music, I grew up singing in the choir and everything, really shy. Um, so didn't really have much solos at first. Um, the only music I was really allowed to listen to that was like not Christian music was like Sam Cooke and Lauryn Hill. Um, and my dad liked the Dave Matthews band and like just not to cut you fans. off, but so weird because I was listening to so much Sam Cooke today. And Sam Cooke is really, really, I my almost uh, any song I could probably like. I know I just love him so much, and it's so cool how his music transcended through so many generations. So, wow. those are my uh. Cool. My inspo, um, it, along with Taylor Swift, Swift, I was a big Taylor Swift fan, and I always felt like, oh my goodness, I wish there was somebody who like looked like me, who made cool music like this, that was clean, that like kids could listen to, but adults could vibe to. So I always tried to have that was my niche, to mm -hmm. be the um, the dope clean singer, um, and to make thought provoking stuff that uh, you could jam with with your kid. I mean, both be entertained without one of you like sacrificing like, oh, this is painful, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so just having like making that type of music has been my inspo. That's kind of how I got started. I got connected. Um, I was with a label when I was a teenager. I'm now just turned 25. Um, I was with uh, just an independent Hawaiian label, um, which was fun. We broke up just like a typical label situation. Um, but it was so fun. I mean, like I got to sing in, in a lot of different places, um, met some cool people that I'm still connected to. Um, I've just had a great time creating music, uh, the ups and downs of it, um, from like being a loader at a UPS while working to being traveling and touring, you know, I've seen both sides. Uh, so, uh, that's been humbling, but also has just given me such a great, um, you know, humility with it, to be honest, that uh, creating is a privilege. And I'm just glad that I'm in the place where I can uh, just do it full time now and just uh, focus on creating. Yeah, so that's me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, there's so much to unpack there. A lot of rich conversations within that. I guess let's start at the beginning. Yeah, uh, I, I will say me too. Music started in church for me. That's cool. And I came up in Georgia. It was Cartersville, Georgia, New Hope Baptist Church. Okay. Was it a Baptist church for you? Yes. You know what they say about Baptist? They say Baptist, <laughs> Baptist born, Baptist bred. And when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. Those not sound really crazy, but I've heard people say that. So yes, Baptist. Mm. But the music in the yeah. Baptist church is so rich, right? And I've never really been tapped into Sam Cooke's spiritual side until recently. And I was like, wow, 
like what he was doing with the soul stirs and mm-hmm. incredible work like it just like and i'm just kind of scratching the surface now i'm a musicolic music music i don't know what you would call it yeah but i'm addicted to music and i'm addicted to like discographies and and like discovering music and like really like and classics you know the yeah 60s and the 70s i really dig into that stuff and i love it i love it i think it's yeah. some of the best yeah. decades of music ever yeah. i still stand by and i, I listen to that the most so yeah your father's a baptist preacher pastor yes he um yeah he's a pastor um, he was a, in a Baptist church. Now he moved um, out to Lancaster. I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, so uh, that's a little farther out. Um, it's close to Philly. It's closer to Philly than Pittsburgh. Um, he has a church there, and it's like I wouldn't say it was like uh, had a specific denomination now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I grew up like 11 years from when I was six to 17 almost. He had like my math's trash, so hopefully that adds up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, he had a Baptist church at that time. And the I guess I forgot a really super important point. When I was, okay, so when I was nine, my mom had a daycare. I was helped her with the daycare and all that stuff. Um, all the kids loved to make music. We liked to sing and stuff, but a lot of the stuff we wanted to listen to, we shouldn't have been. So um, we, my mom like had us do this thing called Thursday's Tracks. On Thursdays, we'd write songs. And this is before I would ever like did anything musically. Uh, specifically and she like said okay you have 15 minutes i'll give you a topic write a song wait a second gave us 15 minutes your mom would put you on 15 minute write a song challenges yeah but us of the kids like they were all before and after school kids like so they were ages between like that's incredible six and like 10 and she kind of she always really liked music but she doesn't sing or anything so she was like okay 15 minutes i'll give you like a rain like the topic rain and you guys have to go create a song. And when I came back, my song was really good. And she was like, um, oh, the, I had a back to school one. Actually, it was back to school. And you had to write a song about going back to school. And I was nine and um, she heard my song. She Googled it. Cause she was like, you didn't write this. You're lying, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I did. And you know, so I really started enjoying writing after that, after I got such a great response from the other kids and just like, I just, I never stopped writing after that. And the song was so funny. I can even do the song. It goes like, okay, how does it go? Next week is the first day of school. I'm not sure what to do. What do you do when you're not yet ready for school? All your friends are prepared, but you feel like it's way too soon. Now what do you do? Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. So I had like these little songs that I would create. And it was like weird because I was super shy and I didn't talk. So um, I just never stopped because I was encouraged. So encourage kids to do what they're good at because they might not stop. Wow. Wow. Would you say that at like a young age, you knew that music was your passion and what you want to pursue from a young age? Yeah, I was like, (laughs) I always wanted to, um, after that point, I knew what I was good at. Um, 
and I wanted to do it nonstop. I, I went to cyber school for high school. I told my mom I'm not going to high school. Actually, at first I told her I wasn't going because I was going to be a rock star, and I didn't <laughs> need school, and I was going to yeah. take care of them. <laughs> um, so I always knew I wanted to do music, and I was willing to sacrifice anything to do it. So I've just been really blessed to kind of have that uh, that knowledge from the beginning. I love that. I love how you say how you point out too that you're very blessed like you, you keep saying that like I'm very blessed to be able to make music full time now because um I just feel like a lot of people like don't really like realize how how like big of a blessing yeah. that really truly is to be able to create full time you know yeah it really especially in this climate and stuff like just like where the value of art um I don't know people don't always want to pay for it yeah they don't always want to it's so easily accessible where like sometimes we don't really appreciate the creativity and the effort that goes behind you know that music or that art form that somebody has so I've been so blessed to just be able to um just in my community I I have like re re uh, reoccurring like gigs from my I teach songwriting out of school locally um and that's online and I just have all of these other things that are connected to me creating music and I teach a class about um, make music now so I teach them how to produce and stuff within the class and write their own songs um yeah it's amazing yeah absolutely, absolutely insane I think that's incredible wow I like a great story go ahead Jacob sorry I like no but I like the point of like the value of art right now just in today's world is perceived on such a uh, just a strange spectrum just overall especially with the internet you know because people she's right though like people don't understand what goes on behind the scenes of making music they don't understand everything behind it and i feel like especially on the internet now it's so easy to undervalue someone's art and right. look past everything that's been into it and it's kind of like sad to see in a sense almost but yeah. i did it brings me hope and joy when you know, people do recognize that and they do come back at the end of the day and be like, you know, like whether it be production or marketing team or whatever it could be, like every little piece, like there's so much that goes into it and it's so overlooked and not talked about nowadays. Which leads me to a great question, if I may, for our special guest, Lauren. Yeah. And I would ask, based off of what my brother Jacob was just saying there, you being a young person who is inspired to do music and encouraged to do music how do you navigate now presently when you get negative criticism even though you've had that you know defense mechanism built up already from your childhood because you were told you were good at it and you knew you were going to do it how do you handle negative criticism as an artist as an adult currently yeah. That's a good question. Um, because it's twofold for me. Uh, when I was 11, I got in a studio after being built up by my whole family with a producer who told me I was trash. <laughs> wow. And I remember being downstairs, like um, it was like in a basement. I just went in the other room and I just cried and cried because I had all these written songs and I had been working with all these different people. I um, had vocal lessons, all of that stuff. And um, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible. And I remember telling myself, I can, you know, who cares? Like just, 
I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna be the crazy person that keeps doing it. Um, and I think just, you know, having those tough moments where everybody's not gonna resonate with what I create. And that's why everybody, uh, there's room for everybody who creates music or creates art because different people resonate with different things. I think it's important to create for others because you don't wanna be the only one who vibes with your stuff. Just because I, for me, I want to be able to highlight issues and highlight perspective. Um, I want other people to be able to connect to it. Uh, I think it's just important to remember your why uh, at the end of the day, that's what I do. I say, I do this because I do it for kids who were like me and I do it for people who are like me. And I, uh, I have something to say, I, my words have value. Um, I remember like, there was some famous person who said, I'm not putting out music right now because I have nothing to say. And I respected that because it was like, yo. 3,000 said that. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, go ahead. I see you. But yeah, man, like, I just feel like my words have power. And when I have something to say, I'm going to share it. And I really respect when people don't resonate with something. I really do. Because I think that sometimes you find more people who just aren't moving you forward than people who are really willing to be like, hey, yo, I'm not resonating with it because of this. Um, so I, I have respect for that. And I think it's just because I've been shot down so many times. Um, I can kind of just be like, yo, I respect that, but I vibe with it and I'll make changes. Wow. Yeah. You really are paying it forward with the whole well, I was inspired as a child. Now I'm going to inspire more children. I think that's incredible. That's amazing stuff. In the meantime, are you working on your own project on the side? Yes. So the music, uh, the teaching thing happened because I don't see myself as a teacher. Like, I feel like I have, I don't know, like teachers... <laughs> I have this lot of teachers in my mind that's just not rock star. So I just was like, Egh. but it the job was formed for me around what I like to do and around my schedule. So I was like, yo, this is like godsend. But I'm always going to create my own music. I have this, uh, I have a new project that I'm putting out. I'm, I'm just always trying to work smarter. I think before I was working so hard, so hard, so hard and not really working on the marketing side or building connections um, virtually and in person and kind of just like, oh, this project's dope and not really doing the behind the scene work that needs to be done to make sure people hear it. Um, yeah, so I've been working on new music. I'm always experimenting with new like sounds. Like my latest song, I have a new single coming out in April um, and it's called Center. Uh, it's the first song I created where it was like, everything about it was what I wanted it to be because I was a part of the production of it. Like I actually recorded it and edited it myself. So it was like, I was able to do everything I wanted to do. So yeah, so I'm still putting out music. That is my, that is my center. Like being a teacher is just like a beautiful cherry on top. Um, I don't know how long I'll be doing that because as soon as it kills my vibe, <laughs> I have to just end that at the end of the semester but I have the coolest students. So that's been different. Like just realizing how amazingly talented this next generation is um, and how free thinking they are. Um, 
I love that. Keeps me young. And your students are based in one particular area or is it like an internet thing and it's worldwide? Yeah, so actually I have students who, so I was a part of a summer program, which was called Hip Hop Orchestra, which was like a program that was in Pittsburgh. Um, We did like a summer thing where you teach uh, kids about classical instruments who love kids who love hip-hop about classical instruments and learning how to play instruments as well instead of just like you know only doing one art form anyway the some of the students I do have to answer your question I have one student she was I was so sad because she hadn't been in class for a while and I'm like she's so good like I felt like I hate this teacher that I had to be like hey where are you (laughs) you know asking where she was but she like she lives in um, Nigeria and the time is different and she lived here then she lived here before so um, and then I have another student who lives in Trinidad so it's like um, mainly in Pittsburgh but the program is pretty much worldwide I'd say that's cool kind of reminds me of the Voyager fleet which I'll have to tell you about another time Let's take them back to church and go back to the source here. Do you remember any of the songs that you used to sing in church? Or is there one particular favorite that maybe you you wouldn't mind sharing for for the pod? Yeah, Tis So Sweet is my favorite hymn. It's a a hymn uh, that I sang. all the time I led in church. So I wouldn't mind singing that. Um, the church is just like, yeah, I, I used to always um, take my shoes off. So when I typically perform, if I perform live, I always have my shoes off because I used to take my shoes off in the choir stand and it would just make me feel like I was at home and I could just like, I, cause I was scared to sing in front of people, even with the group. So I, I typically perform with my shoes off, but um, yeah, just so sweet something I would do. Okay, cool. Okay, so this, I'll do the first, I'll just do a little bit. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise just to know what saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I put him Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And that's that's that song. Wow. I would clap for you. You normally don't clap after moments like that, right? That's my favorite. That's beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that. What I will do is give you one of these, though. Watch your ears. <laughs> I warned you, ladies and gentlemen. I warned you. But that was a I good. love you. Gotta, you gotta love the hymns. Yeah, you gotta love the hymns. 
I, I, I honestly don't know if I know any hymns by heart, to be honest with you, 100%. You know, Amazing Grace, isn't that a hymn? I, I, you know, I was thinking that as I was saying that, and <laughs> I was thinking the same question, like, I don't know if that's a hymn, so I was like, uh, but I barely even know that, I don't know. I like, um, you know who I like? I like Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace, that oh, whole yeah. album. I mean, come on. Jacob, have you ever heard that album? I've heard it, but I'm not like super like day and night familiar with it, but I've heard it. I know my parents used to listen to it. That's incredible. Shout out to your parents. I know. One more time for the parents. Watch your ears, guys. Watch your ears. Watch your ears. Wait, so, okay. I just kind of have to ask this. This is kind of a dumb, maybe a dumb question, but I kind of just need to know. Lauren, you're saying that, you know, you perform typically, like you take your shoes off. Whenever you start performing in front of large crowds, are you going to have your shoes on or off? Because I've, I've heard some superstitions with artists where they like keep their, their, you know, their stuff up for years, the same, the same uh, superstition, if so say, but like, you know, but it makes you comfortable. Would you, would you do that in front of large crowds? Um, I, well, I performed at Summer Jam and there was a couple thousand there, people there here in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was funny. I had opened up for like Rick Ross and I was just, I was barefoot. This is, I don't know what, even why they brought me on because I had on a, I just looked really like out of place, but they listened to my like soul song and then they were like, okay, bye. Wow. <laughs> but it was, um, I got a lot of like support and good energy and I kept my shoes off. Um, it depends because there was one time, it would depend on the venue. One time I left and my feet were super dirty. And I was like, okay, I don't want to get like a disease. Yeah. I'm doing this. Wow. You know, so maybe I can find like custom feet, like gloves. Like almost like those, uh, what are they? <laughs> the what are those like? Joints? <laughs> <laughs> and the wild ass dudes be wearing when they be running around in the, in the hills and shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Your toes go in them. I know exactly what you're talking about. I uh, homies used to wear those in college, University of Arizona. What'd you say, Lauren? I used to have those. Like, you can run in them. They, like, have your yeah. toes out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, frog. They look like frog. Like, what are they? Oh, what are they called? I think they have something. I don't know. But I know what you're talking about. They're actually super comfortable, too. My dad got me some, like, a few. I don't have them anymore. But when I was in high school. Well, I think no shoes on stage is a safety hazard, first and foremost. In my experience, and you can't be on half the stages I've been on with Bob with no shoes on because if your foot gets stuck in one of those like metal grids, your toe yeah. you break a toe. I've had that's to, a like, big crazy set. Sometimes my shoes go with. I'm like, okay, like I like these shoes. You guys have to see these shoes. <laughs> but um, it depends if it's like an intimate setting. It like it it depends. It's it's pretty free thinking. Um, for me, like sometimes I'll keep them on, but if I really have a song where I'm like, yo, I'm standing at the mic, you know, there's something really squishy there, maybe at more of a hipster joint, I'm definitely putting my toes in the rug. I feel you on that. I know what you're saying. If it's safe, run with it. There are other singers out there that do that. I think Sade sings with no shoes on, I think. I could be wrong. I've, I've seen her. Who else? Um, I know people like do it the same way where it's on and off. It's not like a staple, 
but they it's normal to see them like that. I think Shade and was it Erica Badu maybe? I had seen before. It's it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Shout out to Erica Badu. Shout out to the one and only Erica Badu. Big shout out. What's your favorite Badu album, Lauren? To be honest, you can't do I'm the worst with like albums and stuff. I don't know. All good. Like I said, I, I'm a I'm a musicolic. I still don't even know what they would call it. I'm 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 addicted to music. So what's your favorite? Uh it's it's a toss up. It's hard to say for me. I said all that just to even get yeah. to this point. Um I would say it's between Mama's Gun. My instinct wanted to go to Mama's Gun. I think Mama's Gun overall. But I know I've listened to Baduism more than any other album. Yeah, at the same time, sometimes when I want my best feelings, my best energy from Erica Badu, I will go to Baduism Live. Have you heard Baduism Live, Jacob? I've watched a ton of her live. uh, I have never heard of Badu Live because honestly, typically, I feel like the live recordings of artists performing i just something about them just like pushes me away but i do know that there's some really really good versions of it but i have not heard the body live versions john mayer's album that was live turned into the album right like the uh where the light is yeah really uh, i believe she, she's right yeah yeah like it's like holy a, shit it turned into like the that was like an incredible like when he does um free fallen like his new vert like he did the cover of free fallen mm-hmm. um yeah that that album but i like i watched a lot of erica badu and jill scott's live performances because i was like i felt like we had similar messages often and i was like how do i how am i cap how can i be captivating with this kind of like message without like you know twerking I was like, okay, these are the people who just have changed. Some of the many people who've changed like music with their, uh, mm-hmm. it's the way they perform. I'm a big fan of Need to Breathe. They're a band. That's my favorite, uh, just like artist. They're like a contemporary, I, I, they're kind of kind of on the, they would call them a rock band, I'd say. What have you what been listening to lately? I'm sorry, oh. Jacob. No, 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 you go, you go. Um, other than, uh, to be honest, I've been really into like nature sounds. I just need to be on some Zen stuff. There's a lot of thoughts and words I've had in my head. (laughs) This sounds crazy, (laughs) but I've really been listening to like, just like the ocean, um, maybe from being quarantined, I need to be on a beach in my Mm. head. Mm. I've been listening to a lot of stuff like that. I also have been listening to a lot of like spiritual music, like Maverick City uh Chandler Moore he has some dope stuff out um he's a really just incredible artist I like and then I have my Meg moments you know what I mean like Meg the Stallion I really like something about her resonates with my soul sometimes you know I have those days and then I have my John Mayer moments um so that's who I'm listening to I love her hers dope um you probably get a lot of her comparisons sometimes. Would you, do you, anybody ever do that? No, mm-hmm. nobody compares you to her? Wow. But I would take it, I would take it. Um, I would gladly 
be like flattered by that comparison. I think she's incredible. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, I listen to a lot of old stuff too. Like I like uh, just, just, just old school music from Bonnie Tyler, like Total Eclipse of the Heart. She's like one of my favorite vocalists. Like, like just the rasp in her voice just like changes my life. I need to check out Bonnie Tyler. Is it Bonnie Tyler? Yeah, you know the um, you know that song. Um, and I need you now tonight. And I need you more than ever. Yeah. yeah. It's just eighties. Yeah. If you like listen to it, you'll literally jump out your window and be <laughs> so happy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Sounds good. I love what you were saying about the the nature sounds too like wow like life is so crazy right now i i don't even want to hear music because it's, it's so real music really has the power to influence your mood and music can put words or ideas in your head i don't know if you want to call that what is that what's the word for that when when, when they incept something uh so what is that word this is at the tip of my tongue um uh, 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 I can't think of the word. This is the first. Explain a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the word. There's a there's a word for like programming, like when it's programming, like a conspiracy type of programming. Um, there's a word that like to describe that whole process. Man, I sound crazy right now. You think you sound crazy, Loren? I no, sound crazy. <laughs> um, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit more to this mental health that our special guest is tapping in on because I think this is a very rich conversation. We'll be right back. Music and mental health. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, sitting on the dock of the bay with our special guest, Lauren, and my brother, Jacob, in the house holding it down. What's up? What's up? And mental health. Season two. Who knows what episode it is? I have no idea. I would have said it, but I don't know. <laughs> so let's get back to the day. conversation. Uh, spinning off of sitting on the dock of the bay, I have read this. Can can someone confirm this? Maybe I didn't read this. Someone told me this recently. Sitting on the dock of the bay. I'm sorry. Rewind. A change going come is a Otis Redding song originally that Sam Cooke later popularized. I cannot talk today. Please excuse my ignorance, ladies and gentlemen. Can anyone confirm that? Can we, can we, uh, a change, a change is gonna come or some may say a change gonna come. What would you say, Lauren? On the title, first off, before we get into the the uh, writing, a title by the title. Do you call it a change going to come or a change is going to come? Um, a change is going to come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, for whatever reason, in my head, it's it's a change going to come. It's locked. Well, as that that sounds cooler. I can confirm for you that it was an Otis Redding song originally. Really? Yeah. Check that out. Check that out for the Sam Cooke trivia on music and mental health. <laughs> oh, 
score. It's a score. All this, all this because you typed what sitting in the dock of the wind. down I by the bay. Oh, I typed in down bay. by the bay, which has been stuck Wait, in my head. Do you think it was originally written by Sam for him? Someone told me, I can't remember who told me this, but okay. they said Otis Redding wrote the song and Sam Cooke later, I'm going to try and say it again. Don't slap me in the face if I get it wrong. Popularized it. I had to slow oh. that down to say that. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I guess I, guess. I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Because it's such a Sam Cooke staple it's like what sam cook is almost known for you would almost say wouldn't you why does oliver google it says it was written by sam cook really mine said uh-oh oh <laughs> i said otis and where's your source young jacob uh i was just looking at the dates on spotify so i was just assuming oh okay yeah. well, there you go that's exactly how you do it. Well, hold on. Let's yeah. look again, though, because I might be wrong, though. Hold on. And that's a date by the album, right? Well, I was... Hold on. Let me let me find it on Google. I trust Google more. Release date for... Shane is going to come by Otis. Wikipedia Danica. would probably be your best bet. 1965 for Otis and Sam Cooke. Change is going to come. Oh no, 64. So Sam, oh, I don't know. He still could have wrote it though, so I don't know. I don't know, but they're both, I mean, come on, ladies. Okay, so I'm wrong. I don't know okay, though. We, all right, let's let's edit the, the Google search to did Sam Cook write? It's saying Sam Cook did. I can wow. confirm. So whoever told me that org. a complete Neanderthal. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to be good with my language today. Maybe not, I don't know. Maybe he wrote some songs for him, though. Who knows? I'll have know. to do my own research on my own time. I don't want to hold up the train. But um, how would you describe your genre of music, Lauren? Pop soul. <laughs> I make pop soul music. I make pop soul music. You know, I was looking at Sam Cooke's, one of his covers today, and I believe the name of the album, can I get it top of my head, is The Man of Soul, I believe. Yeah. The LP. I'm thinking of, I can confirm that right here in two hits of a button. But, Did you ever hear him do his 12 Seconds of Soul? Like in an interview? Like he does like, it's like a few seconds of soul. They're like, please give us a few seconds of soul or something. And he just hums. And literally, I like, it will make you want to cry. It's just so beautiful. Like, what? Mm. Who could just hum this beautiful? Mm. <laughs> That's deep. Yeah. Sam Cooke is incredible. And I've been on such a Sam Cooke vibe. I'm so happy that you said Sam Cooke today. And I'm so happy that we have the opportunity on Music and Mental Health to talk about Sam Cooke because it's something that's never happened before. And mm -hmm. Sam Cooke is a pivotal, pivotal artist. The story of Sam Cooke is also incredible. The yeah. history of Sam Cooke. Isn't there a film that was released recently? Actually, the, and just to confirm the, the title of the LP that I was mentioning is actually Mr. Soul. 
just didn't oh, okay. of it. And he's sitting on a stool. And it's a, it's a beautiful cover. I'll have to put it up on the screen for the edit. Now you see it. Oh, look at it. It's, isn't that iconic? Yes. Of course, our listeners out there on Spotify and wherever they can't see it. But like I said, it's, it's a beautiful cover. And I just thought about that title for an album so iconic, you know, like he is soul music. Yes. And you are pop soul music. And pop soul music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Um... I love pop music and I love soul music. And I, and I, for such a long time, I was like, I don't know what genre of music I sing. And I realized for me, that is like not necessary. Um, I think to me, that sounds like when you're about to order something and you ask the, the, like the waiter, like, Hey, what's good on the menu? And they're like, everything's good. It's like, okay, but I need something like, do you make Mac? Do you have Mac and cheese? Like, is it, is your mac and cheese good? So I like to say exactly what I make so people know what they're about to taste. Mm. Um, yeah, so pop soul music, I like because I love Taylor Swift. Um, I like her, old, I really like resonated with her old stuff and I know this, whatever, but I, you know, I really resonated with her old stuff just as a songwriter and just as the, how like genius some of the old stuff was for me growing up. Um, and then I love, uh, you know, soul music. I love Sam Cooks. I love, um, you know, listening to um, rhymes like every soul singer just like leaving my life. Um, yeah, like some Aretha Franklin music really just like will make you cry. You know, her rendition of um, Say a Little Prayer will literally, it, you literally feel like you're waking up in the morning and before you put on your makeup, you say a little prayer for someone. Like, it's just the way she sings it. And I know it was a remake. Um, it just grabs your soul, you know? Yeah. That's what it should be about, right? That's what music is about. Touching yeah. someone through the sonics of audio, the, the audio waves, connecting with someone and really making someone kind of tilt their head and see the world in a different way or enjoy a certain moment or embrace their loved one or dance, you yeah. know, get up and dance, you know, literally that's what happened to me today. I was listening to Sam Cooke and I had to get up and I had to dance with mm -hmm. somebody yeah. off the couch. It was just what it was We were yeah. dancing right now. We're going to have this romantic moment, darling. And, you're going to dance with me. And as embarrassed as you are to dance, that's what life is all about. And you have it to those moments because that's, that's what the memories are right there. You know, those, those are the yeah. real, real vibes. That's, that's what life's really about. You know, yeah. it's not really about these accolades and these awards and these likes and all this stuff that we get. At the end of the day, it's, it's about love and happiness, about family. Can you maintain love and happiness? Can you hold on to that? Because if you can, I can damn near promise you your, your mental health is going to be in a very good place. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of individuals may have suffered 
sadly, with their mental health because of the demands of quarantine and not being able to socialize. You know, I, I feel yeah. for all of those individuals who didn't have someone to hold on to yeah. this tough time. Uh, I'm blessed to, to be loved. And yeah. um, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. And mental health in quarantine. How is your mental health in quarantine? Are you currently locked down, Lauren? Um, in Pittsburgh, it's so funny because it's like lockdowns look different everywhere right now. Like, what's your version of lockdown? Is that hanging out with 50 people that you're really cool with? Or are you really, really concerned about everything and kind of really being listening to the guidelines? <laughs> Um, For me, I just had a baby five weeks ago. So my whole- Congratulations. Thank you so much. I have a daughter, um, my first child. Um, So my mental health has been everywhere from being a pregnant, crazy person (laughs) who wants tacos every day to- and just the emotions of bringing a child into the world and during this time where I was nervous about like, how do I keep her safe? How do I keep her away from these germs? How what does this look like? My immune system's compromised. I think everybody has had those same questions, at least for somebody in their life. If you have somebody older in your life who you're worried about, um, somebody who's young like me, who has no immune system that we're building up now, um, it's just a time of complete uncertainty. Um, and I think if we're honest, we have this false thought that any other time of life isn't uncertain, but like this American cushion we've had where it's like, we have, you know, just so many things. uh, uh, We have access to so many things. We forget how fleeting life is. Like you walk outside, just get hit by a bus. I mean, like, you know, like, and we've always had uncertainty, but this pandemic has made it 10 times worse. Um, For me, I struggle with anxiety, so I have to be very uh, cautious of certain patterns that I have when I know that I can kind of be going towards a spiral. Like now that I, uh, I know my triggers, I really encourage everybody um, to know their triggers. Like what's make, what like, what makes you want to act like a terrible person? Okay, stay away from those things. Like if there's like somebody who's, uh, or try to try to limit your access to those things. Like uh, when I'm listening to a certain type of music when I'm driving, I can be like, I'm a hood rat. I'll really like, like, what's up? You know, like there's certain, uh, trying to really be, uh, folk, know what triggers me is important. And I, I honestly, I don't need happiness. I don't need any of those things. I, I strive for peace because peace will help me through those, those t- tough times you know, like to have peace through the storm, like of whatever life may bring, which is so hard, but we can at least try. Um, So what's helped me is like calling my granddad like way more. And it sucks because I didn't even realize how much, like how privileged I was to be able to see him every day. Like, and I would just drive by and not go see him. So it's kind of been a wake up call for me, you know? in a lot of ways um, to appreciate others and to just 
try to work towards uh, doing little things that can bring me peace. Mm. I like how you mentioned you think that everyone should find their triggers because I think that's a huge uh, topic that's not very much explored on a lot of people today. Like if you were to ask someone or most people like, Hey, like it's a personal question, but like realistically, if someone had to ask them, like, do you know your triggers of anxiety or whatever? I feel like most people wouldn't even know where to start because it's such like a, a journey to at the same time to actually go out and find those triggers. And if you can, it's, it's a very powerful feeling, you know, it's yeah. very, it kind of changes your perspective on life a lot because I used to, I mean, I still do struggle with anxiety, but I used to have like very, 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 very bad anxiety. And once I figured out my triggers, um, like I was reading books that had like told me about triggers and helped me identify my triggers. But once I figured them out, like it literally changed my life and it's not like it just like went away, but, um, I really love that you like brought up triggers, like as one of the first things you said, because they are literally life-changing, at least in my experience, they are. And I wish that it was more talked about, uh, today yeah Yeah. I like I feel like we all exactly I feel like we all there's this misconception that we all don't have demons we all have them I just I'm just starved mine and some of us feed them you know and I do believe that mental like I don't want to ignore the fact that mental health uh there is times when you need clinical help when you need to go sit with a therapist when you need medication um there are times when people uh need that extra help. And I don't feel like, I feel like you shouldn't be afraid of that. That is so smart. It's so wise to reach out in that way. But those times when it is manageable um, and there are times when it, you know, for some, for most of us that it is manageable, um, figuring out um, what makes you, yeah, you know, feel good, feel happy. For me, my faith is everything. My faith in God being a follower of Christ is everything I build my life on. It's, It's everything I do. But for others who don't see the world that way, um, I do think it's important to uh, to develop a faith um, in something. Um, if that's even just like your own personal, um, just view on the world, just have your personal view on the world and nobody can out talk you in, you know, and, and be confident in it. That's beautiful. That really is. For me, like I agree. Like lately I've been on a, a journey to have faith not within a certain uh anything except for myself lately like really just trying to like find a lot of faith and love within myself because I used to have a lot and now as I look back a little bit I'm like did I lose it you know because I was watching I was watching an interview yesterday with uh Big Sean on YouTube and he was he's honestly like super fucking humble he's super wise when you listen to him speak but he was saying like he had lost himself and he he had to change his mindset from saying words like uh if i do this to like when i do this or oh i have to do this to i get to do this and like honestly for me that's what's been making me find like a purpose honestly like you say like oh uh, your faith in God, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been f- trying to look for faith in myself lately. And like, yeah. I think that's honestly like helping me a lot personally, but honestly having faith in whatever is like such a great healthy direction for your mind to go. Cause you, you're working towards something, you're leading towards something and it gives you a purpose. Yeah. You know, I've never heard of that idea of triggers 
that was very interesting for me. I'm going to have to do a bit of research into that uh, personally and uh, in terms of education. Very interesting stuff. I uh, thank you for bringing that up. You definitely put me on that one. Interesting. Just one toxic person to another. Just kidding. <laughs> you calling me toxic? I'm calling. Well, hey, takes one to know one. Just kidding. No. She said it. The shoe fits right. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess it's a, a, a payback for right. on the spot at the top. I, right. I, I'm forever going to be a recovering toxic person, you know, with my, I, I always want to keep that mindset that I'm so close to just being, um, you know, that I'm just never perfect you know no i understand that 100 percent. i'm definitely not perfect but i can't say i've ever considered myself as a toxic person <laughs> i think I, I used to be toxic yeah i mean i think i think there are times when i can be annoying i know how to annoy people if i want to annoy people but i usually only annoy the people that i love yeah and you know, that's just a, that's just a, a pet thing or whatever you want to call it. You know, that's just like, what else are we going to do? You've never done anything toxic. I mean, like, like a toxic, toxic stage. Well, okay. High school. Yeah. High school. That's yeah. what I was. Um, now, if we're judging me as a child, as, as a young man, before I had some sense, before I discovered myself on a mountain in Tucson, Arizona and realized what it takes, what I need to be. That's when it clicked for me, I think. That's yeah. in college, of course. But in high school, yeah, I made some poor toxic choices. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we all did. That's just part of growing up. There's still the, the worst there's one I can never think. go ahead. I, I guess whatever. This is humility. I guess. <laughs> no, have you ever put like the cereal box back in the cupboard and there's no cereal in there? Yeah. You're toxic. That's toxic. No. <laughs> that's just like little. <laughs> that's just being annoying. <laughs> and, you know, like maybe I've, I've left a little bit of juice at the bottom of the jug and not finished it off. <laughs> maybe somebody wanted to sit <laughs> You know, like, it's is that toxic? I think that's, I think that that's being a bit of, uh, you know, aware of whatever. And oh my god oh, i mean god. deep down though you might just be like you know you have a little bit of juice in the jug you're like i don't want to throw it away because the trash is full so you leave a little bit like put it back in the fridge for the next person to deal with and then it sucks when you're the next person you're <laughs> yeah, like, dang why did i do that stuck with it yeah yeah but is the toxic though? Is that the word? <laughs> Define toxic, right? I think toxic is like when you are taking the life away from something. It's a poison or a ooze, that chemical that dips out a biohazard issue and you ruin things on purpose. You purposely knock over the ooze in Ninja Turtles and you, you just, where's the button? Give me a, oh, I'm trying to move yeah. this spot. I, I heard, heard it. Sensor bleep in there. I really wanted to cuss right there. But, um, 
I'm trying to control my language. Language. Um, I hear you. Yeah. But do That's you the textbook me? version though? But do it's you- just like saying I'm killing them. I'm not literally killing people. Or am I just kidding. and that's that's what you mean about the, the the knocking over of the jug? That's what you're comparing it to. Clarify can you can you spin off of that for me, Lauren, and on your definition of toxic? Yeah. Um, I think it's just like like you knew what you did was trash. Like you just knew like when it's something I think toxic for me, I was in a really uh high school I remember I was just in this this relationship where we just weren't really kindred spirits we just didn't work out and I had real I had spent so much time blaming others for like why do I keep being in these terrible relationships like these guys are so bad and then it kind of like I was pretty toxic like I was kind of the same person that's what I was attracting and that's what I was being and that was just me everybody's different but I had realized there was so much of me in that so I feel like toxic is like it's just, you know, you can use it any type of way, you know, it's just, it's, I hear it's a you. free word. What do you think, Jacob? What's toxic to you? I don't, um, knowing that you're negatively impacting someone's life and just not really just like sweeping it to the side, like, oh, like knowing that you did it too and be like, oh, oh, well, like past relationships for me too i'm kind of the same way like that kind of made me realize toxicity and because once you're in like a toxic relationship or a toxic friendship or something like that it really opens your mind to that perspective but honestly i think it's having a negative impact on someone's life with like while you or they both know that this is this is like horrible. Why why are you doing this? You know, but some people just swoop it under the rug and act like it's not a big deal. Agreed. Mm. I think that was a great definition. Actually, that was. we can we can settle on your definition. <laughs> that was that was right on. I approve this message. <laughs> Brought to you, <laughs> the homie Jacob. <laughs> Perfect time for a boom, but we'll we'll let it pass, and we will comment on that idea because i think you're a hundred percent on jacob it's it's when you do something knowingly that it's impacting someone else's dream or someone else's life or someone else's journey in a negative way you know popping their tires when they got two-hour drive metaphorically speaking you know it's it's toxic to impact someone and there's so much toxicity on social media twitter i'm starting to realize twitter man twitter is toxic city there's a title for you toxic city bro i i don't miss twitter i'll be honest with you you've been banned because of the dmca issue ladies and gentlemen uh, and he will possibly never return. What if he just never went back, Jacob? How, how would that go? Uh, it would probably be tremendous for my mental health and my creativity and my overall uh, well-being. Probably make me love real life a lot more, put it that way. Yeah. Amen. Are you a Twitter user, Lauren? Not really, to be honest. I haven't been on there since Trump was banned. Um, 
That's not that long ago. But just on and off. Like, I'm not an active Twitter user. I go on there for, like, certain things. I'm going to be like, oh, look at this tweet. But I've been being um, intentional about, like, weeding out negative energy. Like, I'm so serious. I know it sounds really overly sad. I love you. I start a sentence that seems negative or that's putting somebody else down that I'm reading. I'll stop reading the sentence because I just, I'm at capacity with drama in my own personal life. So to just continuously add in things that put down others that don't mean anything, um, that have no significance. Like in the morning I get up, I check my email around like seven and I read the New York Times. I read my devotional. I check to see if I have any interactions with people from my social media accounts. That sometimes I sometimes I don't go days without that, depending on how I'm feeling um, emotionally. But I'm like, I can just see a overall lightness in my own. Um, I'm a I'm a very, I'm an empathizer. If somebody's going through something, if I see somebody having a hard time, I'll literally cry for random strangers. Like I'm just one of those people, and I it's something I like about myself because I can empathize with people and I can feel for them. But it weighs on me. Um, and I have people in my life that I'm directly connected to that sometimes miss out on my empathy and my love because I'm at capacity. So I try to um, gauge that, you know? And this is why, pardon my interruption, I'm so happy we have some female representation. Music and mental health, because it is the woman of the world, mother nature, who is most in tune with the world and the feelings of the world. And it's rare that we get this perspective on here. So kudos to you. Please continue. I'm sorry if I cut you off. Oh, no, no, that's just how I feel. I think um, all of us are so different in how we empathize with people and how we show that. And for me, I'm someone who will, you know, I have a husband, I have a daughter, I have to be uh, open and uh, ready for what they're dealing with and beyond. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a journey for me. I, I didn't even, sometimes I'll be like, yo, like, why am I so like, just anxious or just feeling like my mind's racing, I can't sleep. It's like, oh, cause I'm just like tuning into thousands of people's issues, which is necessary and it's good but it has to be monitored. Like social media is such a beautiful thing when we use it for what it's used for and what it's good for. But when we don't, it's really hell. Like people will tear down people and have them ready to commit suicide and just like, just because they're hurting in their own lives and it's really sucky. So you have to be careful because there's yeah. monsters out there. Jumping off of that a hundred percent, you knocked it out the park. Because when I was digesting all of the Black Lives Matter movements that were going on over the summer and all of the police brutality and just like the, the ramping up that it got on like level 12 all of a sudden and I was just seeing it on social media, being from an outside perspective, being outside of the country, not being able to react, not being able to do anything about it. It was so damaging to me like I was so like just like frozen because I felt 
so much and and so more so than I think I ever have really. And um, I hear exactly what you're saying. That rarely happens to me though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because I too have found a way early on uh, through my Instagram experience, I realized, well, if I'm not following these accounts, which are just dudes knocking each other out and fighting, I'm not going to be absorbing this information. Why am I following this? Oh, if I'm not following, you know, girls in bikinis and, you know, wild models and stuff, then I won't carry this mentality. You know, you really have to take a look at your social media menu and what are you eating? What are you digesting on a daily basis? Because it has a dramatic impact on how you view the world, how you view yourself, how you view your family and how you interact with everyone and everything. And it's a programming that you have to be so careful with and you can use it to your advantage if you follow the right energy and if Mm -hmm. you follow the right frequency you can have your timeline full of just positive affirmations motivational educational informational fucking oh shit damn it sorry pardon my language i i appreciate the act like this is really kind so I appreciate that. <laughs> no, real talk. That's, that's how I see the world. That's that's how I've always seen the world. And I, and I guess in that sense, it's the social media world, which is a new world. And it's an ever-changing and evolving world, which you have to be very careful in the way you navigate it. But you can show- discover bar to like this, the search bar, like, because then you're following all good stuff. Then you go to the discover page and now you see somebody eating a cat. Yeah, like an actual cat or an actual turtle. Yeah, video floating around. Chick that eats a turtle. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, why is that popping up on my shit? Are you talking about that TikTok? Yeah, I think it's oh, yeah, like, does it end? Does it look kind of good afterwards? No, (laughs) and that's all I'm like, did they saute it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you're talking about, Dan. That was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. terrible can't can't no, but i think you're right though but i think that also kind of goes with the theme like you are what you attract you know because on my at least on my twitter timeline dude i i mean i've been on it since 2016 so it's 2021 right now and then it's, at the same time it feels like kind of embarrassing to say i've been on there for five years but at the same time when i'm on there if i see anyone who's negative toward me or just like a dickhead in general, I'll just block them. Like, I don't even care. People get mad, but it's like, I really don't need an explanation. Like if you're negative and I, like, I just don't want it. Like, I just don't want to see it. Yeah. And if blocking you means like, I can get away with it and not see it, then I have no problem doing it. And people like really think that's taboo and have problems with that. Like, oh, isn't that a little bit extreme? No, it's honestly not because... I just don't want that energy even like near me. And so like, Dan, what you were saying, like it really is like yeah. your timeline your time is what you make of it. And um, except for the explore pages, I, the explore pages are so 
they're so whack they're so out of pocket for no reason but um and i almost wonder if that's on purpose like with that algorithm but that's that's a whole different topic but yeah i gotta say i do agree though damien it really is what you make of it yeah you got guys i've been like so over the phrase the overusing of the phrase manifesting just because i like the word manifest i like the whole process of it for me even biblically biblically from my faith point there is manifestation is like accurate in some ways um but for me i think sometimes we overuse it where it's like people who are going through like a really sucky time it makes them feel like they did it to themselves like i've never heard of anybody manifesting cancer like you know what i mean like sometimes life sucks and there is ways to manifest um, you know, success and great things happen in your life. But there's also people who don't, like, I, I know that there's some things that I've experienced simply for the fact that my parents and the people around me, even my grandmother, you know, like the people that have paved the way for me um, have have manifested in my life because of the, what they did. Um, so uh, I just think it's like something that is 100% accurate when we use it correctly but it can kind of make people feel like really trash when their life isn't turning out the way they're they deeply hope and desire it has been i had somebody i knew who was going battling an illness and we like found all of this information of them like asking um just hoping that they were going to beat it like we found all of these journal entries of like just them talking about speaking life and they didn't. And that doesn't mean that they weren't positive or they weren't manifesting goodness. Um, things just turned out differently than they had imagined. Mm. Well, you know, Lauren, I hate to say it, but we're at time. And we're going to have to bring you back on at some point. No, it's cool. You could cut that part, actually, if you can. What? Why, why would I cut that? Because it was like, an, it, we're ending, right? Uh, we're, still, we're still recording. It's still going. Oh! <laughs> what happens is usually we, we, we do this, like, see, that's really good to go off of, but then we... It happens like every podcast we do. <laughs> Always go way over time. Yeah, so I was just trying to um, wrap it all up, ladies and gentlemen uh efficiently speaking and once again i did i do stand by what i say i would love to bring you back on as you develop in your career and you know it have you speak on the journey thank you so much for coming to music and mental health i mean i guess i was going to say coming down to the studio but i guess you didn't really go anywhere and just jump <laughs> so Thank you so much for having me, Davian and Jacob. Is that what people call you guys? Like, is that, do you have a nickname? Yeah. That's it. You got it. Right, right there. Thank you. No, thank you. So Everybody nice to meet you. you. Check out your Instagram, your social media. What's your, your, your love. tags? My tag is love underscore Loren. Check me out for positive music, um, uplifting music. Sometimes it gets a little crazy, but we always result in happiness and, and goodness. So it's love underscore Loren for music, good vibes, um, 
All the music's in my bio. It's on all major streaming platforms. L-O-capital-R-E-N, Loren. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Jacob, thank you. Thank you. One love to all the listeners out there. We love you guys. And we love you ladies as well. <laughs> guys and ladies. Yeah, Trump with representation. Yesterday was International Women's Day, so I'm really happy we got some uh, some ladies on. Music and mental health. Need that representation. Until next time. Adios. Peace out. Boom.